Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. What an incredible opportunity we have in front of us as we believe God for the new things that are ahead of us. Today's a significant day, not just because we're here, even though we are awesome. <laughs> I know it's, it's true, and the, the honesty is this. We're so looking forward to getting to know each one of you from the very back to the front, left to the right. We're looking forward to meeting you. We've had the privilege of meeting many of you already. Please um, ex- uh, receive our apologies now if, if we forget your name and we call you Bob instead of David, or if we call you Lisa instead of whatever your name might be. Our intention is that we'd get to know you and that we'd actually enjoy this journey together. As I said the other night um, when Pastor John asked me, tell me what your favourite food is, I had to say um, it was actually Malaysian. I know Pastor John thought it was going to be Italian, but it is a close second straight after that. Um, Once you do get to know me, you'll find out that I do love food and I can eat. I know you look at this body and you think, how can that be true? But let me tell you, I'll give you a go. Rachel and I and our family believe this season started for us actually about 10 years ago. When we felt God speak to us as a family and as individuals that would we trust him with our future, would we allow him to bring something new and birth something new in our hearts and through our lives? As you can imagine, it was one of those um, confronting questions. It's an interesting scenario when somebody asks you, especially if you feel like God is saying to you, will you trust me with your future? Will you lay down what you are doing at this time? And will you believe me for what I have in store for you? The next season was a season of mixed emotions over 18 months as we journeyed this thought that maybe God had something more for us to be doing other than what we were doing at that present point of time. What we did know as a family was this, though, that God's plan for our life, as it is for you as well this morning, in the season of new things, it's a plan for great things, for good, not for evil, to give us an incredible future and a hope, to bless us, to prosper us, to increase us, to see our influence extend. We knew that God was with us, and we knew that He was for us. But as, at that time, as we began this journey, we were pastors on a staff with Pastor Paul DeYoung at a church called Life. We were building the church. We were living the dream, equipping and pastoring people. We were seeing communities transformed, and we are seeing people encounter God's love and His grace. But what we also knew that He was asking us some significant, significant questions, and they were things like this, Would you trust me with your future? For us, it felt like it was a bit like Abraham and Isaac. We were laying down potentially what we loved to do. We did not like what we were doing. We absolutely loved it. And we're having the time of our lives and seeing some incredible things take place. But we knew he was challenging us. And as he challenges you and I together this morning in the season of new things, will we believe him? Will we trust him with what he has in store? New seasons means new things. And if there's one thing that's constant in life, it's change. Change is not something that we necessarily like to enjoy or we actually prefer to enjoy. It's something that we encounter on a continual basis, but it's as we choose to change that things begin to take place, things that we've never seen before. There's an old saying that goes like, if you want to see something happen that you've never seen happen, you've got to do something that you've never done before. And I want to put it out there this morning that this journey in this new season, it's for all of us. 
It's not just about uh, Rachel and and myself and our family. It's about all of us together literally having the courage and saying, God, we will trust you in this season of new to do something that we've never seen before, but we're prepared to let go, as you said, Pastor John, before, of the old and embrace the new and take a hold of it. We knew he was asking us what what we could see and what did we want. This morning, we're going to tag team it, Rachel, and I hope you're, you're okay with that. You're in for a treat, so why don't you put your hands together and welcome Rachel as she comes. Morning, Life Source Church. <laughs> what a wonderful journey we have, and thank you, Pastor John and Anne, for such a warm welcome. These people have been amazing to us. It's been overwhelming, and the board, thank you for your kindness and your generosity and your warmth of heart towards us. It's been really, really amazing. Thank you. You know, in Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19, it says, Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past, as you shared this morning with us, Pastor John. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And as I was praying, preparing for what I would just briefly share with you this morning, I really felt this excitement in the heart of God towards us as a church that together we will stand and we are standing on the brink of many new things. But I have this real sense in my heart that we're going to stand on the brink of many, many things over and over and over again. And I really believe that God is wanting to encourage our hearts this morning to be strong in this new season and to be ready and to be encouraged. As we read the scripture, we may rightly assume that Isaiah was living in a time in history where everything was A-OK, everything was going well, and everything in his world was just wonderful, and he was embraced amazingly. But actually, Isaiah was living in an era in the history of Israel where he was actually rejected, and what he had to say was not being listened to, and there was a great anguish in the prophet's heart. He desired to see Israel, or a type of the church, go ahead and become all that God had called it to be. And he understood that the primary call of Israel was to be an influence amongst the nations. But Isaiah wasn't seeing that happen. And as as Isaiah penned these words, he was speaking of new things. He was speaking of something significant that he knew God had in store for Israel. He was speaking about rebuilding. He was speaking about a servant Messiah coming. We see this in Isaiah 53. He was declaring that there would come a Messiah who would redeem and who would make all things new. But I want to encourage you, church, at the time and at the place where Isaiah was standing, that was not happening around about him. But what he was saying to Israel at this time is he was like saying, lift up your eyes. See it. It may not be here yet, but it's coming. You may not see it. You may not hear it, but God sees it. You see, Israel had seen many miracles prior to this time in history, but they had negated to bring it to their remembrance at this time. But as we we look from what was behind and we see all the miracles that God has done, I want to encourage you wherever you stand in life, 
whatever battle you may be walking through right now, whatever journey you may be on this morning, I want to encourage you to lift up your eyes and see something new and see something fresh. Don't be dictated to by what's happening around you. You see, we live in the era of the promise that Isaiah prophesied. He said, behold, I do a new thing. And that new thing was Jesus. That new thing was eternal life. That new thing was hope. That new thing was freedom. That new thing was the person of the Holy Spirit being released upon the earth to bring people to him. That new thing was the exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. You see, Isaiah also said in closing, he said this, rivers will flow. As we launch into this new season, I am 100% confident that rivers will flow and provision will come. I'm 100% convinced that refreshing will always be ours. I'm 100% convinced that the rivers of healing will flow in this nation and the nations of the earth. I'm 100% convinced that we will always walk and abide in his strength. But not just rivers, friends, not just rivers, life source church. He also promised us a way in the wilderness. Away in the wilderness, he promises us direction. You see, God doesn't give us, say to us, go do new things and us just sort of stand and wonder. He takes us and he leads us and he will always bring direction. He promises us a place for us to walk upon. And one of the things I love about the fact that he is making a way in the wilderness is that the generations will walk behind what we choose to build today. And I'm so excited that we are creating a way in the wilderness. We're creating new things so that our children's children's children, if Jesus does not come, will journey behind us and continue the work that we begin. So today together, church, let us keep lifting up our hearts. Let's keep seeing what he sees. Let's keep hearing what he hears. And let's walk forward together. Nobody left behind. And let's move forward, not looking back. Let's keep our eyes on the promises. And let's keep listening to the beautiful person of the Holy Spirit. Because there are many questions and things that God is wanting us to hear and ways that he's wanting us to respond. And on that note, I'm going to hand it back to my hubby. Thank you. Bless you. That was great. I've learned a lot from Rachel. I really have. I really believe that those words are true, that what you shared, though, prophetically sharing and breaking open what you've shared with us this morning. What I'd love to do in our rest of our time together is I'd love to unpack those three questions that I thought God was asking us as a family and what would it look like for us. That in this new season together, would we trust him with our future, individually but together as a church, a life source church, that we would believe for great things, but would we trust him with whatever that might look like? You know, the dictionary definition of trust means this. It means a firm belief. It means a belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. What an incredible promise. If you want to go from where you are to where you're going to uh, end up in life, 
One of the greatest things we can do is acknowledge God in all of our decision making. He's promised that he'd make our paths straight. I don't know about you, but I'm not really keen to taking like long cuts. I like shortcuts. Anybody else here the same? Thank you, David. I see that hand. I like being able to go from where I am to where I want to go. Maybe it's a male thing. From where I am to where I'm going, as fast as possible, within the boundaries of the law, just in case you were wondering. But to be able to get there as fast and as appropriately as I can, I don't want to go around the mulberry bush or around the mountain, even though at times I've experienced God's grace in saying, hey, you know what? I want you to park here for a little bit. There's some things I want you to learn. The Greek word for trust in that, in that scripture out of Proverbs it's, it's a Greek word, it's, it's pronounced bortak, bortak. And it means to trust him, it means to have confidence and to be secure in him, to be bold in that confidence. If there's one thing in this new season, we don't want to be cautiously excited. We want to embrace the new things that are in front of us. I'm not talking about necessarily us as a family but to embrace the new things that God has in store, the new things that potentially we don't even see springing up around us. I can tell you right now, for each of us in the room, that God has incredible new things in the season in store for us. He doesn't want us to linger back and just be cautiously excited about the potential possibility. He wants us to embrace it, knowing that He is faithful, that He is reliable. We can count on Him. We can be bold and secure in our confidence in Him. In Luke chapter 8, verse 22, we read the story of the disciples and Jesus crossing the lake. He says to them, reading in verse 22, One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. Seems like a great idea. So they got into the boat and they set out. Verse 23, as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake. So the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Verse 24, the disciples went to Jesus and said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. What's really interesting to note is that if we read in in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verse 40, Mark accounts this event And it reads like this. He said, Jesus asked the disciples, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? What an incredible, challenging statement or question to ask the disciples, especially after they'd been with Jesus and seeing the incredible miracles that he'd been doing prior to that taking place. I think if I'd been there, I'd have been in awe, been going like, I want to be with him. I want to be there. I want to be by him. Instantly, they ran to him when trouble came. In my life, I've encountered many storms, many squalls in life that can come out of nowhere. It feels like, and it creates like a storm in a teacup. Other times, the wind, the waves feel like they're absolutely out of control. Do I have any friends here? Do you know what I mean? We feel like the boat of your world is being rocked up and down. It's like, I'm going to drown. I'm dying here. The missionary Oswald Chambers, he said this, and it's really interesting, and I take a lot of encouragement from it. He said this, it's the most natural thing in the world to be scared. It's the clearest evidence that God's grace is at work in our hearts is when we do not get into panic. The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. 
There have been many times in my relatively short life that I've felt absolutely afraid. At times petrified whether it was fear of the dark created by a movie that I'd watched when I was well under age. Fear of going in the water not knowing what was beneath me because I'd watched something I shouldn't have watched under age. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but that feeling of uncertainty for me as a young person growing up and hearing my parents going for it hammer and tong in the next room and wondering, will they be there in the morning? Will dad be there? Will mum be there? Will it be all okay? The fear of being lost while tramping with my dad and asking him the question, are you sure you know where you're going? I'm glad that you've got the map, but is that thing up the right way? Do you know where you're going? Or at other times, the fear of being left behind when Jesus returned. I remember as a young person, knowing in my heart that God was real, knowing that he had asked me to do significant things for him. But I also remember the times when I didn't have that assurance in my heart when I would come home. And it sounds funny now. But when I look back at it, you know, it is quite funny, but at the time it was absolutely petrifying. I'd come home and mum was always there. She was never not there. There was always baking in the tins. It was always a great place to come to when I came home. There's always food. Yes. I can remember a couple of occasions coming home and nobody was to be seen. The door was one time left open and nobody was there. And I remember thinking, and I don't know why, maybe once again I'd watched a movie that had created some fear in here thinking, where's my mum? Oh, no, the rapture's happened. So what I proceeded to do, Pastor John, Pastor Am, was I did the sensible thing. I picked up the telephone, and I began to ring some of my parents' friends, wondering if that that maybe my mum would be there. Nobody answered. And I thought, well, they're probably bad Christians maybe as well too. Maybe they're asking the same question. Maybe you're here today, and you don't have that assurance in your heart. Maybe if I was to ask you the question today, today, if it all came to an end... If Jesus was to return today, where will you spend eternity? The choice that we have on a daily basis is to acknowledge Christ and his kingship and his lordship in our lives, knowing the truth and the reality of what Christ did at the cross, which Aaron so beautifully shared this morning. You know, you might be here today and you're you're fearful of being rejected. Maybe there are circumstances and situations that have happened in your world. Maybe you've stepped out at times and people have actually read what you were trying to say the wrong way and they've ridiculed you and they've said things to you that actually made you feel so little and so restrained and you're fearful of being rejected again. Maybe you're here this morning and you fear failure. You feel fearful of stepping out and trying something new. As a young guy growing up, I... I, Loved sport, and I was being trained by a coach in the discipline of swimming. But I've got to tell you, there were times that I didn't want to compete in a race just in case I failed. When I look back, once again, what a sad way to feel when the truth is, if I don't give it a go, how am I going to know? Maybe you're here this morning, and you've, there's a fear in your heart, and you've, there's a fear of being found out. Something's going on in your world, and nobody else knows about it. He does. He loves you. He embraces you just as you are, cares about you, loves you. As Pastor John said, we're all in some way in shape and form. We're all broken and on a journey together. Maybe here this morning and you're fearful of bad things happening, or maybe you have an uncertainty or a fear of the unknown. Without a doubt, I can say that I've experienced each of those things. But I believe that in this time right now and in these situations when they happen to us, we need to remember where our help comes from. Our help doesn't come always from around about us. Our parents, our friends, 
our colleagues at times, absolutely they can help us, but the best place we can go to for our help is to God. It says in Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 3, it says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. I've redeemed you. That means I've saved you. I've made up for you. I've exchanged places with you. I've paid the price. I've released you from the consequences. I've delivered you. I've summoned you. I've called you by name. You're mine. And I believe that God declares that to you and I this morning, that we are his. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they'll not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned and the flames, they'll not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. In this new season of new things, fear not. God's with us. He's for us. He's not against us. His heart is to impact and change this community with the truth and the reality of who Christ is. He's with us. No matter what is happening in your life today, God wants to and can bring peace, calm, breakthrough, and relief through fresh vision. The second question I believe he'd ask us this morning is, whose voice you're listening to? Who is it that you, that you absolutely listen to? In our world where we live today, there are many voices trying to get our attention, whether it be the media, the internet, the best place to go for answers, isn't it? YouTube, our friends, our own thoughts. I'm not for one minute saying that all of these voices in our world are bad. Not in any way. However, there is one place that we can turn to in every situation on all occasions that brings truth, light, healing, wisdom, direction, and freedom, and it's the Word of God. If you want to negotiate your way from where you are right now to where you're going and all that God has planned for your life, the best place we can start is in God's Word, knowing that it brings truth, it lights our path, it brings direction and illumination. Haven't spoken for a while, bit of a dry voice. We have a choice on a daily basis to choose what and who we listen to. And the reality is we either listen to the accuser or we listen to the acquitter. Or either we take stock of what the reasons are why we can't or we listen to the reasons why we can. Revelations 12.10 says this. It says, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. It was one at the cross. We have a choice to ask ourselves, you know, will we believe him? The accuser would say to you, who told you that you can't? Who told you that you can't believe God for new things? Who, who told you you can't believe for Life Source Church to expand and to be jam-packed with people running to church on a Sunday morning? Who told you that you can't see um, miracles take place today? Who told you that you can't believe God for more? Who told you that you can't see your friends saved? Who told you that you can't beat that addiction? I can tell you it certainly wasn't God. The voice of our accuser was crushed at Calvary, as I said before, but the problem is we keep resurrecting it and listening to the lies that he tries to tell us. In this season of new things, I want to encourage us that it's so important that we listen to the right voice, listening to what God has declared to us individually, that you're accepted. What an incredible joy and relief and peace it brings to us. You're accepted. 
We're accepted together. I know I'm a, I'm a Kiwi. Can you tell? But I know that you accept me. I do wear black for a reason for all you rugby fans. And when it happens this year, it's game on, all right? But I know that you accept me. We're accepted by God. He loves us individually, each one of us, for the unique individuality we have. There's nothing about you. Let's just break the myth. There's nothing about you that says God is not in love with you. He's the apple of your eye. You're chosen. God chose you before the beginning of time, but he presented a choice and a question in front of you to say, who will you choose? Will you choose to live with me or without me? You are forgiven. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You have his favor upon your life. You have supernatural wisdom available to you so that you can make the right decisions. There are people here today, I really feel as I was praying, there are people here today making decisions in business. If you will stop, if you will pause, there will be supernatural wisdom, things that you haven't seen, ways that you haven't seen that will transform the path and the trajectory of your business. If you will wait, there is wisdom available for you. You have that wisdom available to make right decisions. You can expect God to do exceedingly abundantly above. This is what God says and declares about us in this new season. We can expect him to do exceedingly abundantly above. You are healed. You are whole. You are set free. And I believe the last question he would ask you this morning is this, what is it that you want? I knew that that's what he was asking Rachel and I and our kids. If we were to lay down what we were doing at the time, which we absolutely loved, and trust him with our future, what was it that we would see? What was the new thing that would spring up in front of us as we launched out in faith? And I believe he would ask you the same thing this morning is, what is it that you want? Do you want what you've always had? Us four and no more? Or just, just enough to get by? Or do you want to have just the status quo? Or are you believing God for something more? In this season of new things, I want to remind you about a story about a man by the name of Bartimaeus. A man who was blind. Heard that Jesus was coming by and visiting his region. God's coming. was something fresh. The place is pregnant with vision and expectation. Let me tell you, churches don't pray till 11.30 at night for no reason. That doesn't happen just because it's a good church. God's stirring your heart in this new season for great things. You know, blind Bartimaeus, when he heard Jesus and his reputation about what he had been doing when he was going to be passing by, you know, he didn't sit down and go, I wonder if he will notice me. He wasn't cautiously excited. He didn't just kind of like, just maybe make up a little noise and go, hey, Jesus, if you're there. Even though I believe that Jesus would have heard him. He would have heard his voice through the, the penetra- like penetrating through the crowd. You may feel like your voice. The, God doesn't hear it. But let me tell you, friend, he knows exactly where you are. He hears your voice. He loves you. You are the apple of his eye. Blind Bartimaeus. I love this. He begins to call out. He makes everybody around him. The Bible talks about, this is the paraphrased version, please um, understand. If you want to read it, you can read it in your own time in Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. He begins to cry out. He makes everybody uncomfortable. He's the loud guy. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh my gosh, I don't know him. Don't want to be near him. He's the loud guy and starts saying, Jesus, son of David, hey, over here. Have mercy on me. I, I, I really need your help. 
I really need you. And I want to ask you, how loud are you prepared to lift your voice? How far are you prepared to get outside the boat to allow Jesus to come to you? He is not in any way cautiously excited about you. He is absolutely over the moon with excitement, knowing what he has in store for you. Blind Bartimaeus, he calls out. People tell him to be quiet, settle down. Easy, tiger. Just not very dignified what you're doing right now. He shouted even louder. Jesus stops in his tracks. And he said, what's that? And they go, oh, that's that guy. His name's Bartimaeus. And he turns and he says to him, and he goes to him, he goes, what is it that you want? And I believe that God would say the same thing to you this morning. What is it that you want? He knew without a shadow of a doubt what he wanted. He wanted to see. I want to see. I need you to come into my world and I need you to do the things I've heard that you can do that others can't do, but you can because you change things wherever you go. Solomon, when God asked him, he said to him, Solomon, what is it that you want? In 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 5 to 15, what is it that you want? Solomon says, I want wisdom. Don't give me the riches. I want wisdom. Jesus is here this morning. And he's asking you and I the same question in this new season. Right now, what is it that you need? What is it that you want? Maybe you're here and you're saying like blind Bartimaeus, I want to see. Man, I, I feel like I, I, I saw Jesus once. I had a, I, I, almost like I grasped him. I saw him. But I've lost sight of him. I felt like I was following the map. And you know what? I felt like I was going from where I was and fulfilling all that God had in front of me. But for whatever reason, the squall came and it jumped on my life. You know, squalls only come and then they go. They're usually short-lived. But this, this thing came up upon me. Sorry about that, if you saw that. And you know what? What it has done is it's completely disorientated me. And I need fresh sight. I need fresh direction. You may be here this morning and you need healing in your body, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, or emotional. Let me tell you, at the cross, he did it all. You may be here and you say, Adrian, what I need is, man, I need a, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough financially, relationally in my life. If you knew what was going on, if you could see what was going on, you would understand. Well, he sees and he understands and he cares. You may say, I need peace. I need hope. I need fresh joy. Man, I've lost my joy of life. It feels like the weight of the world is on my shoulders and I don't want to live much longer. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like, I just need fresh perspective. I need fresh freedom, freedom from the past, freedom from the opinions of others, freedom from sin. And you know what, Adrian? I actually need forgiveness. Well, friend, I want to join you this morning and say, you know what? I need fresh forgiveness too. You may be here this morning and you say, Adrian, I've never ever initiated a relationship with Christ. You're talking about somebody who seems to be so real. Absolutely he is. And the moment you invite him into your world, I can tell you this from experience that things change. For me, it was like somebody turned the color on in the television set. I just knew without a, without a doubt in my knower, in my knowing that God was real. Maybe you're here and you say, well, I just came this morning because friends invited me and they said, why don't you come? Got this new guy. You're going to love it. It's going to be awesome. And if it's not, I'll take you out for lunch afterwards on me. <laughs> I want to tell you, friend, you're not here by chance. You're here by divine appointment. What's that? The God, the creator of the universe cares about you so much 
that he orchestrated a way that you'd be here, no matter where you're sitting in this crowd this morning. And he wants you to know that he loves you. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.